You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday and it's budget day, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. And Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. The budget, I mean, the budget's interesting, I must admit. I mean, it is an yes. interesting, an interesting day of the year. And for the first time in many years, we've had more money, or rather the finance minister has more money to disperse than was than was predicted. But that also presents some problems because you have to say, well, uh, do I have a look at Eskom or do I have a look at increasing social grants? That sort of juggling act. What did you make of it? Look, I think he's done a very good job. He's given some relief. He's given full inflation relief to personal tax. He didn't increase the fuel levy and expenditure hasn't gone crazy. Mm. And he specifically made the point that this is this is cyclical. It's transitory. This extra money from mining companies. Yes. But look, it's an extra two hundred billion higher, roughly, than what it was in February last year. The projections in February last year, and obviously some have been spent because of the aftermath of the crisis and the special grants, and all of that. But you know, when you get a windfall like this, bank it. You know. Don't spend it, and that's well, that's what he's doing. So our deficit numbers are actually looking quite good. And by the way, I think not to the same extent, but I think this little windfall will carry on for a little while because I don't think the commodity cycle is going to collapse. I don't think this downturn in commodity prices, because other than oil, commodity prices have come off the boil a little bit. I think the downside is very limited simply because, as we've spoken about on so many occasions, there's no big tsunami of new supply coming on stream. The guys are only starting to spend the capex now. So I think this extra revenue from mining companies in particular is actually going to be quite good. I think it will actually continue for a little while. And, of course, that's good because, you know, at, at, at some stage, unfortunately, probably not in our lifetimes, but at some stage, you you know, you aspire to go back to investment grade. Eh? Yeah. One of the themes of, of our conversations over the last uh, a few months, Wayne, is uh, you, you talk about not in our lifetimes, almost as though you're expecting us both to drop down dead any, any moment. No, no, but you've got to be realistic. I mean, we've probably only got, I don't know, 20, 20 years to go. Well, I don't know. If you look at my ancestry, yeah, most most of them get in their nineties. So I'd say yeah, it may be. In, in, yeah, look, I'm I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I want to live into my nineties. No, no, probably yeah. not. Probably not. No. No, the world wants you to, but I don't think you want to. No, you, you've 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 had a good innings, as they say. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I've still got many more productive years to come, and many more fun years to come, and I've still have quite a few things I want to accomplish, yes. but I, I don't think I want to get into my 90s. What do, what do you want to accomplish? I mean, apart from restoring the perfect Jaguar motor car. What do you... well, but, but, but basically, it's about all. Oh. Okay. A couple of motor car projects. Okay, so you're a bit myopic. Otherwise, I have been very fortunate in that um, my life's been good, quite frankly. It has, and, it. and that is re- reflective. Um, all I want to see is England win the World Cup um, again, and my beloved team Ipswich Town. Well, that down. you might have to, you might have to live to 150 for that to happen. Let's move on now to um, the. That's, the like, ge- that, that, that's like hoping for the Bafana to win 
let alone the World Cup, the African Cup. You know nothing about sport, Wayne. You know a lot about all sorts of things, but you know yes, nothing no, about I, sport. I know nothing about sport. Exactly. No, I will admit that. It's like me saying that the, 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 the V8 Jaguar is better than the, the V6 or something. I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. Uh, Wayne, over the last week, there has been a raft of uh, results from South African companies yes. with December year-ends and trading statements. I think, on balance, they're better than expected. Yes, definitively so. And especially the ones orientated towards the South African consumer. I mean, you can look today. Mm. I don't know how many came out today. I can't even Loads. name them all there. There were so many out today. Mm. And it was only the one that was a little bit disappointing and the one that looked like a disaster. Okay, the one that was a disaster was Wilson Bailey pulling the yes. plug on Australia and the share price yes. in the opening uh, gambit of, of trading was, I don't know, the share price was down 21% or something like that. Yes. Is that the one you were referring to? That's the one I'm referring to, okay. yes. And yet Wilson Bailey Homes has been the standout construction company since I've been looking at shares. Yes. You know, and they're one of the sole survivors, literally, and then you get something like this where they show these massive write-offs and massive losses. But it, it is a one-off, you know, it, it is a one-off. And, uh, you know, they will recover from it, but I didn't expect that, I will be honest. So that was a disaster. I can't, there were so many, I can't even remember the one that was mediocre, but a lot of them shot the lights out quite frankly well, let's, let's have a look at them i mean let's go down from uh, this is in no particular order apart from a, a descending chronological order aeci trading statement for the financial year aeci the share price down as we speak weighing down 0.2 percent uh, is that the what is that one you look at i do look at it but not in that much detail to be honest okay so we'll move on uh capital and counties property company yes I find this a fascinating thing because maybe not no in fact now now if you want to buy quality real estate in a first world country yeah you don't get better than this right. and the share price if I remember correctly it's not as bad as what it was a year or two ago but it's still relatively low and you're still getting a decent yield so it's actually something that you know you should consider for the longer term because They've cleaned up their portfolio. They got rid of a couple of, got rid of, was it Olympiad a couple of years ago? The Earl's Court development hasn't gone that well. But no. obviously, Covent Gardens is total and utter world class. I mean, I read a stat once. Whether this is right or wrong, I don't know, but it's plausible, I would think, is that the, the road between uh, Covent Garden and the actual Covent Garden tube station is the most travelled pedestrian road in the world, the most number of footfalls on that road in the world. Yeah, you see, uh, that that is my old um, uh, stomping ground, actually, yes. uh, Covent Garden. Uh, it used to be the fruit and veg market of, of London and distributed yes. to everywhere throughout uh, the whole of the, the, the southeast of England. And, yeah. and it just became, because of the 
congestion and the trucks and everything. Then they closed it down. And then a clever developer came along and said, this is fantastic. We're going to make this into a retail and office space. And it was, and it, as, you, as you quite rightly say, it was a, a massive success. A massive doesn't even cover it. And today yes. it still continues to be so. I, I, if you started up, um, for example, uh, I don't know, you came up with a product and you had to open a little shop in Covent Garden. Wayne, you, you, I don't think You'll even you would be able to afford it. No, no. I mean, the, the rentals must be astronomical. But, of course, that's only part of their portfolio. They own a swathe of office buildings and other stuff around Covent Garden. Yeah. And haven't they also got some – I mean, I went to their presentation a couple of years ago. Yes. Haven't they also got some office lot around the Royal Albert Hall? But, I mean, it is, it, it is premier, retail and office. Yeah, what happened, to the, they, what, what happened to the Earl's Court development, the old Olympia? Because Olympia used to be a place where… No, they where, sold Olympiad. Mm. They sold Olympiad a, a while back, a long while back. But then they kept Earl's Court. And they knocked down the Earl's, the Earl's Court Exhibition Centre. They kept the facade. And then they were converting it into a residential development. Mm. And I think they meant… I, it, it's so terrible that I don't know this. But I, I, I think… They stopped that, or that wasn't terribly successful. Okay. Because, you know, Olympiad, Olympiad itself, you know, dates back more than 100 years. It's been there a very long time. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the, the place to go to when everyone wanted to have an exhibition or a display yes. or whatever. They would go to uh, Olympiad, as, as you quite rightly say. The thing about Covent Garden Tube Station, Wayne, is that I would remember being on the Piccadilly line, which is the dark blue line on the, on mm. the tube route, you would get on at uh, Leicester Square, for example, and the next stop would be Covent Garden. And it was about 30 seconds maximum. Yes, very I quick, think it's yeah. the, two, uh, the, the two stations that are the closest together. I've got very few yeah, memories. They're... And it's quite deep as well. You have to go up in a lift rather than on yeah, the... And, um... and if I, hmm. I, I can recall being in the UK on more than one occasion... Yes. where Covent Garden station was actually closed because of congestion and you had to either drop off beforehand or jump off later on because they actually closed the station because there was too much congestion, too many people, and the tube just went straight through. Ah, interesting. And um, it, it's been abbreviated to, 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 to Covent Garden now, uh, but in fact uh, it was convent garden in the in the past Is because it? there was a convent on the on the original site of that thing but you know the british they they shorten things quite a lot and uh, so yep. yeah it was um, and then it became and as i say a fruit and veg market fantastic in fact you have to watch a an alfred hitchcock film which was quite sinister about a serial killer who lived who had, was a fruit and veg merchant in covent garden and he got caught and everything but anyway I'm, again you you, we're getting off. We're getting off the point. Let's have a look at some more of those um, numbers coming out. We've spoken about Wilson Bailey share price currently down about twenty six percent. Old Mutual came out with some numbers today. Trading statement for the year ended thirty first of December. Uh, what else have we got here? Imperial Logistics trading statement as well. Share price flat. Agcop Ingram, Cap, Blue Label Telecoms, Kuro Holdings, Bidcorp. Blue Label Telecoms, Adcock Ingram, Imperial Logistics, and, and so it goes on. A really, really busy day. Well, they were day. all good. Yeah. They were them. all good. Mm. I mean, Adcock's was, was, was good. I mean, they, quite frankly, were, were all good. It was a, a quite astonishing how many good ones came out today. But this has been the case, as we spoke about earlier on. Yes. 
you know, and in the next two weeks, all the banks are going to give their results to December. They're also coming out very, very soon, and they're also going to be good. So, and you can see in the budget speech and the tax overruns, it wasn't just corporate tax and mining tax that overrun, VAT overrun, personal income tax overrun, the whole lot, everything. Yeah, but as we know, this is not, I, I don't want to use the word transitory, uh, this is cyclical, and we must, uh, yes. okay, make hay while the sun shines, but on the other hand, be prudent, and during the good times, you know, it's like a farmer, uh, gets a bumper crop, puts a lot of it in the in, in, in yeah. the barn for, for, pre, yeah. for future now, years. A very, a very good example of prudency was Trevor Manuel when we had the big, the last big commodity boom from, 2003 to 2008, whenever it was. Yeah. I mean, there we were running surpluses. We were running primary surpluses. And he was under tremendous pressure from within the governing party to actually spend the money. And he just said no. I mean, at one stage, well, I might be wrong here, but I don't think so. At one mm. stage, our debt to GDP was 20% or 23%. It was incredibly low. And he prudently just essentially paid down debt effectively, and he didn't spend the money because literally, you know, four years later, five years later, we were in a massive commodity down cycle, and there was virtually no tax from mining companies. So you, you've got to, being a commodity producing country, you've got to literally ride the cycle and know when you're at the top and, you know, know when you're at the bottom. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough because, I mean, our, our debt to GDP, even though it's been helped tremendously by this extra tax and by restating our GDP numbers, and we can discuss that at some stage, yes. whether that was right or wrong, but that's irrelevant. You know, our debt to GDP will probably stabilize below 90%, and 90% is still high, but that's better than 100% or 140%. Certainly, but uh, the, I think the... The message from the budget today was that, uh, yes, we're, we're happy for the first time. We've got more money than we expected. But on the other hand, yes. next year or the year after, there may be less money than expected. So you've got to be Correct. prudent and you can't just go out and splurge. And I, I, I agree with you. I think he did a, a good job in yeah, helping yeah. the poor and also helping the yeah, corporate world and the economy. I, th I think he did and, a really good job. Yeah. And, and I think that's very symptomatic of let's call it the 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 new governing party in other words the people that that uh, and, and, under the state president who effectively took over what was it now four years ago yes. five years ago four years ago right at the top at the absolute top level they actually do things reasonably well so they 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 broad policies and their broad statements and the national budget and the reserve bank and all of these things at the very top level are broadly done well. I mean, they've got to do more economic reforms, but that's very difficult because it's a, it's, it's a hugely psychological thing to, example, sell state-owned enterprises and retrench government employees or retrench employees at state-owned enterprises or let go of Transnet or let go of Eskom or let go of any of the other 700 SOEs because they are in their hearts still a socialistic organization. But of course, when you just go a couple of levels lower, mm. those good policies and those good intentions and those good overall, let's call it drives, macroeconomic drives, just 
dissolve into chaos, quite frankly. Okay, but uh, I think it was a reasonable uh, yes, it was. a reasonable budget today and uh, a step in the right direction, uh, certainly. Wayne, just we have to talk about what's happening overseas uh, with between Russia and, and the West. Yes. It's Putin against the world. Uh, what do you make of it as an, an, as an investor, not as a human being? Yeah, look, as an investor, we've, we've gone through this many times before. The Afghanistan invasion, the Gulf Wars, 9-11, uh, Kosovo, we've, we've, we've gone through, let, let's just call these mini wars, for want of a better word. Mm -hmm. They don't have a long-term effect. They, 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 they truly don't have a long-term effect on markets. Inflation and U.S. interest rates is infinitely more important. It might have a short-term effect, clearly, but longer-term effect, it, 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 it virtually doesn't. Now, a lot of people will disagree with me because they'll give an instance like 1973 with the Vietnam War escalation. They say the market collapsed. The market collapsed because inflation went through the roof. It had nothing to do with the, you know, the escalation of the Vietnam War. So sometimes these events coincide, and sometimes these events will trigger the fall of an expensive market. But the reason why it's falling is the market's expensive. It's not the event itself that makes the market fall. Because quite a few events have happened, like Kennedy assassination, when the market was cheap. The yeah. market didn't collapse, it actually went up. You know, so unless it escalates into a fully blown World War Three with nuclear weapons, it's going to have a very transitory effect on markets. Okay, so what you would do if there was a, an adverse reaction to what's happening now, if it yeah, doesn't turn into a nuclear war, you would be buying? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, Wayne, um, let's talk about food now. I have yes. to say, I have to say that, you know, talking to you sort of, it gets my, you, you get, in a nice way, you get my juices flowing. And um, I am... I, I bought two uh, steaks this evening, two small steaks, Ooh. both for me. Okay, I'm going to have green beans with them, with some little almond flakes and, and with uh, uh, grilled in olive oil and, and everything like that. Uh, but I'm making steak au poivre, pepper steak, and I'm just trying to find the right recipe. When you cook a steak, how do you do it? Oh, there's only one way, to, unless you're having a bra face, which I don't think you'll be doing. <laughs> Hello? You've got to get that pan... Yeah searing hot and you've got to sear that outside okay almost burn it and then leave it medium rare on the inside that is the only way yeah but then you turn you it down steak, so, you, you, so, you, so you get the pan or the griddle um really really hot yeah. you sear it for about a minute on either side and then you turn yes. it down and you cook it, it slowly and, cook and it. to whatever you were i like medium uh, with, with whatever a, you, to rare whatever you, well, you, what, you well, the one thing you must never do is put the steak in the pan and then heat it up Never. No, that's, that's, that's sacrilege. Yeah, that's sacrilegious. But I've got a good food food story for you. Go on then. Uh, uh, this story could go on for two hours or two minutes. I'll take the two-minute story. I think so. My bucky broke down 180 kilometers north of Beaufort West on Friday last week. Okay. And I got a tow truck into Beaufort West. And I then hired a car, drove to Cape Town, came back. A friend drove down from Joburg in my other bucky and picked me up in Beaufort West, and we stayed overnight in Beaufort West, and we went to the Four Sheep restaurant in Beaufort West. But wait a second, this is a whole, this is like deja vu for me, because you didn't you break down in, in Natal weeks. as well? Exactly, so, correct. So this is the second Bucky breakdown. 
I'm, I'm yeah, sorry, Wendy, you're a car man, but you down. keep on breaking down. Yeah, but when your engine blows up, you've got no option. And the second one that blew up was a new bucky. It wasn't a brand new bucky, but it was new to me that I bought to replace my old bucky that blew up <laughs> two weeks before. You and it, well, the engine didn't blow up, the turbo blew up, but that's the Another same story, sort of yeah. thing, basically. Yeah. So I go to the three, my friend and I go to the three sheep restaurant in Beaufort West. There was okay, a choice between the spur the, the three sheep and there's nothing, yeah. the four sheep, sorry, there were four of them, four oh, sheep restaurants. Four sheep. Okay. Yeah, four, four, four sheep. So there was a choice between the four sheep and the spur. Now, there's nothing wrong with spur. I like spur. But Love we spur. thought we'll just try this home, you know, local restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it was really nice. Went upstairs, sat down, look at the menu. And it's got everything in the menu you want to have. I mean, it's got steak, it's, but it's got, it specializes in lamb because of where it is and what its name is. Absolutely. And then, and then on the board, they've got like the specials written in chalk on a chalkboard. Mm -hmm. That was Sun was going down a little bit, and we could chat about that later because it was a beautiful sunset in the in the crew. Right. And I was looking at this chalkboard, and it was written in Afrikaans, and I saw scarp chop. What does that mean? Sheep sheep chop. Okay. In my mind, and I was about to order it, then I looked very carefully and saw it was scarp cop. Sheep head. Oh, the head of I'm the sheep. Very happy I didn't order that because I don't want eyeballs. I don't like my food to look at me. <laughs> so what? What we both ordered was a Karoo lamb curry, mm. and it was almost like pulled lamb. But the interesting thing was, it was a combination of sort of Cape Malay taste with a little bit of spice in it, and they served it with the most lovely puffy fat little grains of white rice and this gravy this this lamb it was relatively dry now i don't mean that in a bad way so it was a bit like biryani in other words it wasn't mm. sauce per se it was relatively dry and they had some homemade peach chutney on the table that we mixed in with this curry and it was truly delicious so anyone who's driving through beaufort or staying over in beaufort or car broken down in Beaufort West, go to the Four Sheep. You will not be disappointed. That's such a good story. The Four Sheep restaurant, that, that, that's lovely. And I wonder if it's it's purely people that are like you, and that word again, transitory, uh, comes to mind. But also the, a lot of truckers stop at Beaufort West uh, because yes. they, they have to stop and they have to rest. They sleep in their cabs, but also maybe they go for dinner there. I don't know, tourists. I know when I used to drive to Cape Town, I would always stop in Beaufort West because I'm not a good uh, 10, 10, 11 hour driver. I would stop yeah. there, stay in some cheap, uh, cheap place. Well, we stayed at the Oasis Hotel there mm. on the main street, been there forever. And in the room were the first time I've seen one of these things for probably more than two decades, a cathode ray tube television. What does that mean? Like the old TV with the tube. Oh, you mean not one of those screen. big ones with, with not a flat screen, but one of those things with yeah, a, a lot of with back. The tube, yeah. mm. With the cathode ray tube. <laughs> so I hadn't seen one of those in absolutely forever. <laughs> and you realize when you watch that now, the picture's atrocious. <laughs> but at the time, we all watched it, and it was perfectly acceptable to us. 
What a pleasure that you broke down, Wayne. You've got the cathode TV and you've got the, the, yeah. the, the, the four sheep's lamb curry. Fantastic. It's an ill wind that blows nobody good. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.